This episode is a real and honest account of how a father of four cleared 900,000 Singapore dollars in debt. How has this journey shaped him and his relationship with money? What key values and financial knowledge will he impart to his children from this experience? This is a story of debt, financial mistakes, recovery, and taking responsibility. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my name is Andrew and welcome to another Chill with TFC session. In this series, we hope to bring on interesting and relevant people to help us learn better from various perspectives. Life is not always about learning from the people you agree with. Different perspectives shape us to be more well-rounded in our thinking. So in the pursuit of the life we love, while managing our finances as well, my guest today is a serial entrepreneur in the recruitment, career search, and HR consultancy space. He also has his own podcast and YouTube. You can check out his work at agentan.com.sg. But today, he's going to share with us a personal story of how he has overcome his debt while raising a family of four kids at the same time. Let's welcome Adrian. So take us through your story. What were the events or series of events that got you into debt? So I think the whole thing really started around when I was 24 years old and it was really way back. And when I first started my business, I also uh, just applied and gotten my first credit card. And when you get your first credit card without the right amount of financial literacy and training, right? You sure anyhow spend one. Freedom, the credit card. Yes, it's freedom. And what happened, of course, as I started my first business with a few friends, uh, we did not pay ourselves salary for, I think, close to one and a half years. Uh, in fact, when we got our first paycheck, it was $300 each. We were so bloody happy. But before that, we have to sustain. And since there's no income, there's only one way to pay for stuff, which is to use credit card. So I essentially became what is termed as a revolver. Uh, just keep spending and then every month pay the bare minimum. And that was how, how I managed to sustain myself until, of course, started to draw salary. Now, the prudent thing, of course, okay, I draw salary, I should clear all the debt. No, you got more money, you want to spend more. So that is how it snowballs uh, over time. And of course, it went up, it came down. Uh, but also at certain juncture in my business, I had to finance something. I have to become the bridge loan for something that's happening at work. And being a very naive business person, I just do it with no condition attached. So if I have to bridge, I'll bridge. If I have to incur the, the interest, I will do it uh, in my personal capacity. I wouldn't affect the business. But of course, over time, it really affected myself. To the extent at the peak of it, I remember I was owing the bank close to 900,000. It's almost a, a million there. Okay. How do you understand the term revolver? So it's a term used to describe this behavior or... Uh, from my understanding, yes. So you basically just spend as per normal on your credit card. But when a statement comes, typically you are encouraged to pay everything that is due or you can pay the minimum. So for people who consistently pay the minimum, they call them a revolver. Okay. Wonder where did that term come from? Did it come from a revolver gun or, or something? I think more of, I, I have no idea. Mm, okay. Anyway, that's the behavior. So it's a combination of you running your own business and having credit card and also you having to take a, a bridge loan and it accumulates... So uh, can I say this is the main event that uh, caused you to rack up debt to 
900,000. Yes, yes. If not, it's not a one-off incident. It really built up and snowball over time. So as I said, uh, there were, of course, good times where I have, I'm cash flow positive, but there, there were also bad times. And also, from a business perspective, I wasn't really the most savvy business person, the 10, 20-year-old uh, ago, Adrian. So mm. it, it also led me to a lot of stupid uh, business decision that of course resulted in the company needing more money and again that is where I came out as a white knight again. Mm, so that's your first business? Yes, that's okay. right. Don't mind if you paint me a bit more details. So like how long do you take for you to get to $900,000 in debt? What happened in between? So I was managing the business for close to 11 years and actually the 900000 was close to the end of it. So towards the tail end and the, the $900,000 is actually also include a huge portion of bridging, uh, which could easily be fixed. So essentially what we do back in the business is a recruitment business, but we also do payroll outsourcing. So one of the things that we have to do is we have to pay money out to employees of other companies and then customer will pay us. Now, in typical circumstances, especially for one of our big customer, they will pay us in advance. Then we will pay out to their employees and we will take the difference as margin. But sometimes the cash flow is so tight. When they pay us, we need to use the money to do other things first. And then we are in a situation we don't have sufficient money to pay the employee. So that is where I come into bridge. So of course, after that incident, I think uh, immediately we managed to get the next wave of cash flow and we cleared off most of it. But having said that, I think after I exited from the business, uh, plus all my cash out, everything, I still owe the bank, I think, close to four dollars $500,000. It's a personal loan, not a, a business loan. It's all of it a personal loan. Yes, because I, as I mentioned earlier on, I was trying to, I was living in my fantasy la, to be a white knight for my own business. So everything I incur at the personal level. There was the day, right? Yeah, the there, there were business loans, but of course that one is very much separated. Company will just slowly pay it down. Right, right. So 11 years. I mean, you didn't get to $900,000 right from the start. Was there a moment you realized, okay, this is it, man. This is serious. I better do something about it. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So there was a moment where I thought I need to seek help. So I was searching around on what to do. And one of the key things, if you were to do any search in Singapore, the the primary advice is for you to go to CCS, Credit Counseling Singapore. Mm-hmm. I think they are an NGO, but essentially they will have people to help better understand your financial situation, help you to even reach out to all your banks to do that uh, consolidation, and even maybe to the extent to help you to submit for bankruptcy. So I registered for one of the events because for anything that you want to do with them, uh, you need to attend their workshop first. And it's a group workshop. So I attended one of it and uh, it really gave me a better understanding of what needs to be done. And I guess in a way, it also helped me feel better because I realized when I was at the event, some people got it worst. So I remember in one session, the lecturer or the trainer was asking people, so, you know, how many of you owe more than 1 million? And then this guy put a hand, oh, I owe 1.6. And then the guy put a hand, I owe 2.3. And in my head, I'm like, okay, actually I'm not so bad. (laughs) But still, it also helped me to understand that the debt situation, especially in Singapore, is quite troubling. Because CCS at that point in time, I think until today, they hold three sessions per week. And each session, I think estimated maybe about 80 over people. I still remember the session was held at one of the rooms in National Library in Bugis. And it's always full house. And of course, if you look at all the stats, uh, Singaporeans or Singapore in general has a very high portion of unsecured loans and it's going up year by year. So uh, all this really hits me. But having said that, 
this session was attended many, many years back. Mm. So uh, I've learned something, but it did not really, I guess, hit me at that point in time hard enough to really take action. I did take action, but it's very incremental. Okay, do you remember how many years back was it? This was probably, I would say, eight, nine years back. Eight, nine years ago. So three sessions per week and each time it was full house, about 80 people roughly you're saying. And that's just one agency, right? Yep. Correct. Yeah. So you Googled or you went to do a research and you found this CCS Credit mm. Counseling Singapore. Singapore. Okay. What goes on in a typical session? It seems like a seminar style. Mm. Everyone is in the same room and then you have someone asking, okay, who yep. owe more than one million? Tell us a bit more. Uh, based on what I can remember, they will, of course, break down for you, of course, what's going on, uh, what are the repercussions, uh, what are the options for you. If you go option A, the, uh, consolidation, what are the pros, what are the cons. If you become bankrupt, what are the pros, what are the cons. So essentially, just paint you a picture of what are the alternate journey you can take from here uh, so that you can make a calculated decision. Uh. But I think on another spectrum, is also to give you hope, law. Hope that actually this can be over. And that is also something they try to drive across because they don't just focus on the negative. They also tell you about the positive. You know, people that may have approached them five years, 10 years ago, and over this period of time, they managed to get out and, you know, things are much better for them. So I think those are very good learnings that everyone picked up. Mm, do you have a, like a one-on-one session where they break down for you or how, how does it go? Uh, unfortunately, I did not hit that stage. So the group briefing is the step one. And then step two, you have to submit. Then you go for individual. I did not go individual for very stupid reasons because the thing for me, the practical thing that makes sense for me at the point in time was actually debt consolidation. And that means you have to essentially cut up all your credit cards. You would have to, uh, of course, survive on paying down this account that consolidated everything there. And I was at a stage where I actually still need margins to survive. So I still need that margins from credit card. I still need that credit limit to pay for things, to sustain myself. And not for all practical reasons, uh, for some frivolous reasons as well. So I thought, I cannot do it. So I took things into my own hand and tried to see where I can cut corners and do and all that. But I think until you really have a very disciplined approach, uh, all those are just vanity actions. Uh. It, it really does not really help anything. It's just shifting money from here to there. It's like, uh, one of the common things that I believe a lot of people like myself would have done is to borrow from one bank to pay another bank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, you may not have even sufficient money to pay off credit card A, but you have limit with credit card B. So you just borrow from them and you pay over credit card A. And when B comes to you with a statement, bank due and all that, then you continue to look for others. Nah. So I was playing this game for the longest time and I tell you, it's so painful because you will reach a stage... Uh, you don't even recall when you are due for which card mm-hmm. because you have so many outstanding. And it, it became this round-robin musical chair thing that isn't just fun to play. Long. It's not fun at all. And of course, when you have when you hit a stage where there's so many things going on in your head, uh, other aspects of life stressing you down, in addition to this, uh, it can really get to you. Mm. So let me understand the whole timeline, break mm. it down, and then we can go into the details of each step of the way. Because I, while in preparing for this interview, I went to read up like success stories of clearing debt. But something is very surface level mm. or you don't really get a lot of details. And I'm prior to the call, you and I, we, we chat about it. And I think you have a very great story. You're very willing to share. So I think we can really go into the story and understand what are the things that we might not expect when we talk about debt. Mm. So you were running your business. 
about 11 years and then your only source of income was from your business. And then you were racking up credit card debt, you were taking personal loans and then you realized you need help and therefore you went to Credit Counseling Singapore and then there's the debt consolidation process. I want to dig a bit deeper into the part when you realize you need help mm-hmm. and you, you took the initiative to look for CCS. So what was it really that drove you to look for help? Well, I guess it is the realization that I cannot play this revolving game or borrow from A to pay B kind of game in a very sustainable manner. To another extent, I guess it's also because it coincided with the arrival of my first kid. And that became an eye-opener for me that I cannot just eat ramen or instant noodle every day. I need to also prepare for my kid. So that really cements my actual journey in trying to take the first few baby steps to clearing off all this debt. So the arrival of your newborn. Mm. Okay, so well, you're still running your business before that and then you got married and then you have your have your first kid, right? So like, what is it like, you know, got a wedding and in, in between you're still like racking out debts, right? Like, What was the emotional process for you? Oh, it was tough. It was tough. Um, of course, when the amount is low and you know that good times are coming, you don't really care much about it. But when you're really down and out, I remember I, I literally woke up in cold sweat almost every night. And every night, I try not to sleep because I know that when I sleep, it is the next day. It is one day closer to the bank knocking on my door. And of course, you have situation where, you know, you get advance notice from bank. They'll send you the red letter. They may call you. Uh, and then you tend to avoid calls from... When you receive a phone call, do you yes, get Yes, yes, yes. All those sweat. unlisted number. Right. Yeah, yeah. You, you get cold sweat and all that. Very PTSD that's, kind that's of... stressful, yeah. Kind of experience. And of course, when you have to go out and buy something, sometimes even groceries, and the card will not go through. So all these are really very embarrassing, especially when emergency come along. So you can, you know, don't buy another bag, another computer. All these are good to have. But sometimes, oh, emergency, need to pay for a hospital bill, need to need to pay for uh, a, a leakage repair. And you realize you don't have the money. Uh, that is when it really hits you. Mm-mm. I've been cash-strapped. Uh, for a period of time in my life because uh, I was jobless for a year, thereabouts. And while I did not incur debt, but I can feel the whole uh, constraints, you, you know, like you top out your EasyLink card, $10, that's it because you have the budget, right? You, know, like you, you cannot do more than that, but $10 is, gets used up very quickly. And then you have to re- really think about what meal and how much you spend and, and all that. But I'm sure it must be like 10 times more difficult for you, right? In your daily life. For sure, yeah. Because there's so many. And and as I was uh, saying earlier on, I did not make the wisest personal financial decision along the way. When I was still running my first business, when time seems to be better, over and above moving from a HDB to a penthouse, we bought a BMW. And honestly, that is the worst decision ever because even though things look good, but we were not completely debt free. So it's quite stupid to jump from, you know, this uh, where we were to, to something even worse. And and that means we have to finance even more stuff. The car, the house, and, and that naturally took a toll uh, on the amount of money we can save or the amount of extra money that can be made to be used as uh, that pay down. So again, that created a new situation or amplified the situation for us. Mm, so there were times when the business was good and uh, you bought a car, you moved into a penthouse, but there were times when, when the business need more bridging loans and then you took mm. out loans. And all of this is while the previous loans were still racking up in the correct, correct. background, yeah, right? And as you know, house and car not so liquid one. Eh? Not because, oh, tomorrow I'm in that. Okay, let's sell my car, sell my house. Oh. 
<laughs> you can't do that. There's a lot of things in play. There's, uh, I mean, you you have to buy the house and you have to. I think my loan locked us in for I can't remember two four years. I can't remember. That means your your house is not liquid at all. And car, you know, like in Singapore especially, you sell, you should lose money. So all that play a part in in the manifest, manifestation of the situation. Mm. How do you affect your relations with your family? I think it can really be very bad uh, because of this thing that always clouding in my head. One tend to be very snappy, very temperamental, and you can't really think straight. And to, to a large extent, you also tend to look at ways to not really solve the problem, but try to make you forget things like smoking, drinking a lot. It helps you to forget for the time being. Of course, it hits you even worse the next day. Lah. But having said that, those are the stuff that I think is quite common uh, for many people when they are under a uh, tremendous amount of stress. They will just try to look for small little outlets to make themselves feel better. And that was what I did as well. Mm, were there like moments, if you think back, like you shouldn't have done it and it was due to the amount of stress that you were under and therefore like maybe you snap at a loved one or you said something you shouldn't have said. Do you recall something like that? I recall I had a few times because of the amount of stress that I was handling at that point in time. I actually slapped my son across his cheek and I felt very bad because he was very young, very, very young. But he did something which I thought at that point in time wasn't right and I snapped and I did that. So th- these are things that in today's context, I would not do because firstly, I will catch myself doing that. And I think also I will be more present and be more mindful of what am I trying to achieve by, by doing all those kind of stuff. Okay. How did your parents take to your situation? Did you tell them about it? My father passed away when I was in sec one. So that was when I was 14. And my mom, she she knew at one point in time, I actually reached out to her for help, uh, but she wasn't able to support and help me. So I just have to type through on my own. We were at that point in time just looking at ways we can try to find money, pay things down here and there, try to push things off. And honestly speaking, if I were to imagine myself back then, I really have no idea how I managed to get out of that situation. But I guess the thing is, if you work hard enough, if you have a plan and you work towards it, it's definitely doable. Okay, so earlier on you were mentioning about debt consolidation. Could you help mm. us understand a bit about the whole process of paying down a debt? Mm. Uh, and you mentioned you have to cut your credit cards, right? But is it like a, a legal procedure or you have to do it on your own? Mm. How does it work? So there's two ways. The do it on your own way, of course, means literally you just cut up your card so you mm. don't spend. But no one is you know, overlooking you, right? Like- uh, that's true, that's true. So you need a lot of discipline, uh, mm. which is why uh, in Singapore, there's this thing called uh, DCP, Debt Consolidation Plan. Mm. I think I, 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 I should have gotten it correct. Uh, I did not pursue it, but I did read up on it. So essentially, uh, I think again, CCS will come into the picture. Or you can even approach one of the banks. There's a few banks that actually has this option. And what they will do is if they approve and accept you as a customer, you have to work out, of course, uh, how much you owe across all the different banks in Singapore. They will then, of course, bring all those debt into the banking system. So instead of owing 10 banks, you only owe one bank. Into one bank, right? Yeah. Okay. And because uh, this is a specific program, if I'm not wrong, I think the interest rate is about 3.5%. Very low. I mean, mm-hmm. compared to... Compared to... Your credit, credit card, card is what, 24, 20, 20 something. Yeah, yeah, some even 25-26% nowadays. Then, of course, you slowly pay down. Mm. But of course, there are, there are terms and conditions. You cannot 
have any more credit card with all the banks, including the one that you, you're holding. You can only have a debit card kind of thing. So you are also forced to be very disciplined and financially prudent no? on what you can spend and what you can't spend. Mm, but like you said, no one is really overlooking what you're doing. So it really depends on your own discipline. And therefore, you're saying you're still like using the margins or so-called the credit limit available, right? On your existing oh, So cards. if you go on DCP, right? Uh, there's no way you can get any more credit card. Okay. So that's the situation I avoided because at that point in time, I needed some cards. Or I needed one card to, to for business reasons. Debit or credit? Credit card. Credit card, okay. Yeah. So if you go straight into a DCP, you can only get debit. No more credit card for you. So it's a very disciplined way to pay down. For me, because I did not choose to do so, so I have to do my own DCP. Uh, so I basically consolidated everything as much as possible. And for those that isn't worth consolidating because amount too small, running down. So those are the ones you focus on first. No? And I have, of course, uh, read books and also listened to podcasts on you know how to pay down your debt. There's a debt snowball, which, is, which means you pay down the lowest amount. Uh, you don't care about the interest. You just pay down the lowest amount. And once that one is off, right, you pay the next lowest amount. Uh, that one is more psychological so that you can actually see achievement. Mm. Yeah. The other way, of course, is debt avalanche, which means you look at the debt with the highest interest and you whack that one first. Mm. Yeah. But of course, psychologically, that one may be a bit tough. Like. It's like, you know, if you first time go to the gym, you do 10 curls and you're like, eh, no muscle, eh. then oh, you get jaded mm. and then you never go back to the gym again. So that uh, snowball is a way to encourage you, eh, actually I see some result. Uh, let me try to push on, push on, push on. So I took a bit of both, experimented with both, uh, but uh, I think primarily it's very much on that snowball, trying to pay down the smallest and at the same time trying to do my own consolidation as well. Uh, that also means doing a lot of reading on which one has the lowest interest rate and all that, which I think in Singapore context, fortunately, over the past few years, maybe even decade, you have website like SingSaver, MoneySmart. You don't have to go to one bank, one bank, you know, go and, go and see which one is the lowest. So you can just go to the website, which one is the lowest. Okay, lah. then you go to that one. And I, I think because uh, also for the fact that there's so many banks in Singapore, they're very competitive. Most of them will want your business, lah, unless you are what, what many people will term as a chao car, you know, they, your, your reputation is so bad. Oh, okay. They don't that, want you already. <laughs> that no banking system will welcome you. And mm -hmm. of course, they can see it from your uh, credit rating. So if you don't really have that bad a credit, credit rating, then you're able to pursue that kind of strategy, which I did. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you mentioned two frameworks for clearing your debt. One is uh, you pick the smallest one and you go for it. So you build up. And the other one is you go for the highest interest, right? So and, and you realize what works best for you is the you know going for the, the smaller smallest amount. smallest one and just yep. keep going for the next one, like a, a level up kind of thing. Yes, yes, that's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But of course having said that, it also means you cannot continue to lead your normal lifestyle. La, for sure. You cannot expect to have your cake and eat it. So you, you still have to make uh make cuts uh, and, and what we did back then was of course we sold the house we sold the car uh, we rented for a period of time and for a period of time I was actually driving for Uber 
And that was, I think, somewhat in between jobs kind of situation. And I, I must say, I'm very glad for something like that because imagine if that were to happen like another 10 years before when things like Uber, Grab, all these were not around. Uh, it would be so much harder for anyone with the right asset to make a living or to get more money in order to uh, to to sustain themselves. Okay. Previously, when when jobs like being an Uber driver or Grab driver. It's not available, right? That's mm. what you're saying. Okay, so let me go back to the debt consolidation part. So you mentioned that before that, you were actually using like margins, right? Or credit limit to like borrow from one bank to pay another bank or borrow from one card to pay another card. And you realize that you cannot do that anymore. And therefore, you you could have gone into a DCP, a debt consolidation program, but you chose not to, but you kind of did your own DCP. Any reasons why you did not consider bankruptcy? Or like what are the criteria before you can declare for bankruptcy? I didn't read enough to know. Mm. Uh, I think as long as your uh, amount of liability outweigh your asset as well as your ability to pay, you always have the option to do so. But if I'm not wrong, I think you also have to hit more than 100k. At least that was based on what I've read before. La. The number may have changed. Mm. Or anything, li- liabilities you mean? Yeah, anything okay. below 100k, they will ask you to go DCP. Uh, yeah, uh, but you so, were 900k, right? Well, after I cleared off the the amount that was needed for bridging, it was about 400k. Mm-hmm. But again, as I shared, it was a personal decision uh, not mm-hmm. to go into DCP. You know, bankruptcy, yes, I could potentially look at that angle. But of course, that is not something anyone wants to do. So because, uh, not just because of the taboo associated with it, but there's a lot of things that automatically you cannot have. You cannot even own your own mobile phone number line. Yeah, you need to get someone else to subscribe for you. Mm. Because you, you literally cannot own anything uh, with exception to things that you pay for with your CPF. So your HDB, they cannot touch. La. Yeah, but imagine if you were staying in a private or you took a bank loan, they can touch your house. So that means overnight, you... They take it, you yeah, go and rent. You're homeless. Okay. You have to rent. Uh, of course, you have to... Your car no longer belongs to you. Mm. And in fact, anything that has your name to it, they can take away your TV, whatever. So that is really the kind of situation and honestly, another set of stress uh, that I don't think I want to go through. Mm, I know some listeners might have a a negative connotation towards uh, the word bankrupt. Mm. Uh, I I know people who've been declared bankrupt and actually, well, it's a form of protection mechanism. You take away some level of freedoms, but it is to to protect you from incurring more debt and your only goal is to clear down your debt and, and then you can be you know, declared out of the position of the whole bankruptcy. So uh, I've seen how, how it plays out. But of course, it's a, a personal decision. You've done your homework and you decide, okay, uh, you can do your own DCP instead of like going for the bankruptcy route. Yep, that's right. So I think that there's really nothing wrong with going that route, especially if you were to really put it down into an Excel sheet and you realize it's just going to take so much time or even impossible for you to achieve uh, your end goal, which is to clear everything. Then uh, going through bankruptcy where, uh, of course, all your creditors will sit down together and decide, okay, lah, I would absorb 90% of what is owed. So just pay me a 10% and all that. And then you just work towards a plan. No? So from my understanding... Once you're bankrupt, uh, of course, you will have to put together a plan. Every month, you need to pay how much to official assignee, which is essentially this step board that manages. And when they get the money, then I, if I'm not wrong, I think they'll distribute la, to all your creditors. So you have to continuously do this. No? And before that, of course, they'll sit you down. Okay, so you make so much money. What's your expenses? Oh, I need this for food. I need this for commute, so on and so forth. And then work out a number. Okay, then every month, uh, you should pay this amount to the official assignee. 
and then they will start to just continue to pay down this cycle. And over a period of time, of course, when you pay on time, then you may want to tell OA that, okay, I want to pay a bit more. It's, it's, a, it's a sign of good faith, you know, to pay a bit more. And again, after a period of time, then you can write in to say, you know, can I be discharged from this whole, from this whole thing? Okay, so the, the route that you choose was your own DCP and mm. you mentioned that uh, you want to go for the smallest loan to clear first. But does that still apply when you consolidate it all under the same bank? Oh, if you consolidate it all under the same bank, then you only have one. Ma. Yeah, there's a trip yeah. on something so, percent so you're just, Yeah, so you just have to pay down that one. So it depends on the tenure that you actually have mm. with the bank. Like how much were you paying per month back then? Uh, wow. Um, Roughly. It could be around... 2000 to sometime 4000 it depends because honestly I've oh. gone through this exercise quite a few times as I mentioned earlier on you can um, choose to pay more right yes uh, not exactly but I had to consolidate many times mm. yeah with because different banks or with different banks this, and okay. I'll tell you why because uh sometime when I try to work it out you will tend to be over optimistic you will tell yourself okay lah I will just have a 12 months plan so I'll tell the bank, yeah, I want 12 months okay. installment. That might be uh, 5K, I don't know, 10K. Around there. 5K? Yeah. Thinking, yeah. thinking that everything, everything sui sui, you know, you can 12, you, you within 12 months you can clear everything. And then shit happens. Mm. Or you may overcommit yourself or maybe you are just not disciplined enough to keep up with that amount. And when month 12 hit and you realize, I still owe them 50%. How? And then you have to go to another bank to borrow the balance, uh. to clear this one off. And then that starts another 12-month track. Lah, or how, how, how many months that you have okay. for. Then that new consolidation might be, I don't know, 4K, for example, mm. per month. right? And, and then your main source of income at this point in time is your employment and some side hustles, side gigs mm. that you're doing. Is that correct? Yes. So correct. sometimes there might be you know, fluctuations mm. in the, the income and yep. therefore it's very stressful. Or And, and, and also, and also at that point in time, it's not just my employment because I also started uh, a few businesses and I was uh, also in between certain jobs which were not exactly very stable. Mm. So there was also a lot of changes and of course with all these changes it also means that your income is not stable. It's not stable, right? It's very, very hard, hard to, to make the projection. Mm. No. Okay. Did mm. you take loans for those new businesses that you started during this period of time? Oh, uh, uh, no, no, no. Uh, fortunately, all my businesses all bootstrapped. Ah, okay. Would you consider that like a lesson learned and therefore like you have a different way of approaching your business? Well, even for my first business with Bootstrap, but the, I guess it's also because we never had the concept of getting seed money. In, in today's context, of course, looking at business side, I think I would actually get seed money because for a variety of reasons. Not so much because I do not want to get myself into a situation, but more for business scalability, the speed and efficiency instead. But at a personal level, of course, you wouldn't try to touch on any more borrowings. Okay, okay. So can I say that from a logical point mm. of view, right? The steps to clear a debt is to, to reconsolidate it. So that's easy in, instead of like coming from all different directions, right? Different banks issuing you the statements. So you have it under one place. You know the amount of interest. You have the set amount that you pay every month in depending on how long the tenure is. And, and then just every month make sure that your income covers that amount that you're paying out. And then whatever is left is... Uh, for your daily expenditure and you don't spend so much, you mm-hmm. know, eat hawker center instead of restaurants, for example. Yep. Like it, that's logically the step, right? That's logically the step. But I just want to add one more mm. thing. Um, you would think that, okay, if I make 10K, for example, uh, I, I, I clear all my expenses, food, everything in, I'm left with 5K, 5K, I pay to the bank to pay down my debt. That seems logical. But often one will overlook emergency fund. Mm. So if you just make sure that you net zero with no emergency fund buffered into this whole thing, you will definitely inevitably come across a situation entirely outside of your control that will just happen. An example. 
Uh-huh. For example, car repair. Car repair. Uh, well, that's, or, that's because you have your car. Yes. Okay. Or maybe uh, something happened at home. The fridge broke down. Okay. You need to you need to get someone to fix a toilet. Mm. Uh, or someone has to go into uh, the, the hospital. Someone need to falls do a, sick. Need yeah. to do an emergency surgery and all that. If you don't buffer for all this, I tell you, you are going through another spiral. And I've gone through so many spirals because I, I pack everything so nicely in my attempt and in my haste to quickly pay down. There's no emergency fund. Mm. Yeah, it is so tight that even if something unexpected, uh, $1 come out, uh, you also get caught dumbfounded. So that is something that you have to buffer in. And even though it may lengthen the period of your pay down, it will definitely give you a much more sanity check because one thing is for sure, the unexpected will always happen. You cannot Mm. control it. But when it happens, you know, oh, okay, I don't have to worry. I have my emergency fund. I just trigger. And then over time, I try to put back as much as I can. I mean, it's like, how we are dealing, how Singapore government is dealing with the pandemic is because we managed to save so much money over the past few budget. They can okay, I'm gonna we're gonna take so many billion of dollars just to safeguard uh, the the airline this and that. But if that has never been planned for from the get go, we would be in a very bad situation. Now. Mm. So you're saying you pack everything in a box so neatly, there's no more room to maneuver, mm. and emergencies will happen. So you got to factor that in in your payments. Correct. Okay. But you see, so that's the whole logical process. But we know paying down debt is so hard, right? Mm. What's the biggest challenge in your opinion? Oh, biggest challenge would be um, all those kind of things that would attract your eye, all, all the all the shiny objects that will come along your way. And sometimes you get influence from your friends to get into this, to buy this, buy that. And if you love to travel, you know, going, going for any traveling trip, especially as a family, is going to set you back by so much and, and those are stuff that it's very hard to say uh, no logically because it's really very tempting to go through and incur that and of course sometimes you may also have situation when you have some uh, specific events like Euro World Cup you meet with your friends hey oh, I want to put some money behind it oh, okay lah okay lah put some money behind it lah and also I think this happened about 3-4 years ago uh, and, and this was again in my haste to quickly pay down my debt. That was at the peak of uh, ICO, initial coin offering. Uh, this is a term in, from, from people in the crypto scene. Essentially, it's like IPO, but instead, uh, it's more of a coin that they issue mm. and the coin supposedly has some value. Mm. So I took about $10,000 invested in three of them. Almost zero due diligence. La. You know, back then, it was very... It's frenzy. You know, hype, yeah, right? it's, it's very cowboy. And I have a friend who's a pool master. So it basically is like, oh, you know, you should do this. I'm going all in. I'm going all in to the moon and all those kind of stuff. So you're like, okay, lo, uh, let That's me... That's to the moon. Yeah. Okay, I mean, it's so, still being used nowadays. So you, so I just uh, put in $10,000, mm-hmm. bought three. I was thinking, okay, la, if this one can 3x, 5x, 10x, uh, well, I can... Can help you, right? Yeah. Uh, but of course, in, instead of going up, it went down. Uh. So I think my 10K right now is worth less than $50, I think. Yeah, a lot of them fizzle out after yeah. 2017. So so these are things that it will come and when it came, you just feel that it seems like the right gamble to take. And when you take it and then realize it's, it's actually going to set you back even even more, then that is where you wake up. But that only happened when you really got the slap in the face. Hey, I hope you've learned something useful today and I truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the financial coconuts. Knowledge is that much more powerful and interesting when shared, debated and discussed. 
join our community Telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our weekly newsletter. Everything is in the description. If you love us and want to help us grow, definitely share the podcast with your friends and on your socials. For more information, check out thefinancialcoconut.com. With that, have a great day ahead, stay tuned next week, and remember, personal finance can be chill, clear, and sustainable for all. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. That was part one of Adrian's story. In the next episode, we'll get an update on his debt situation, how he's educating his children about finances from this experience, and what's next for him. Subscribe, follow, turn on notifications so that you don't miss it.